0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast podcast. As always, you've got myself, Matthew Stevens. You can catch me at Matthew underscore NFL. I've got Jacob here with me as well. You can catch him at Trucks3, Trox3 T R O X3. We have a really good show today, uh, one that I'm pretty happy with. Over and unders. We're going to be talking about individual players, uh, what we kind of expect them maybe to do this week, and give our overs and unders. We have Turon Davenport, who is covering the Tennessee Titans with the ESPN. Uh, And and you might remember him if you've been following this team for a little while. Uh, He was with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for the NFL Wire sites, for uh, Eagles Wire. Uh, And he's also been covering the Baltimore Ravens over the years as well. So a really knowledgeable guy uh, to go ahead and get in about this matchup that is vitally important to both teams. Uh, But first, Jacob, let's go ahead and start with the AFC North. I know we did a segment uh, about this earlier this week. The AFC North is the only division right now with no losing records. So that's, that's some pretty serious stuff. What's the one team in your mind right now that is the most dangerous for the Baltimore Ravens?
3: Well, it, it feels weird looking at the, uh, the schedule being where it is and, and having, or the standings being where they are and, and have the the Browns right there with the Steelers. I don't think that was something we expected to this point, but um with with the road game out of the way for both Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, um, and and coming away one and one in both of those games, um, I think that that favors the Ravens a little bit. Actually, they got rid of all the road games because they went to Cleveland too, so they're getting all those teams at home. Uh, so that's a positive for them. I think I still think talent wise, it, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the experience at the quarterback position, uh, the different wide receivers they have. Uh, Smith Schuster's a great compliment to Antonio Brown who um, yeah it, in my opinion is um, either one or 1A one to DeAndre Hopkins I think those two guys probably the two best receivers in the league uh, maybe Julio Jones in there as as a third place tie I don't know tough to pick but um, I still think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers I, I know their defense was really not looking good to start the season but Um, uh, a good game they had against Atlanta where they were able to hold Julio Jones for much of that game and uh, shut the Falcons down relatively for only 17 points in a cruise to a victory there. So um, yeah, I I still think the Steelers, I do like the weapons the Bengals have. I I know we talked a lot about that back in early part of the season where, uh, you know, this is a, a young unit. They've slowly been building, uh, for the last couple of years, even though they lost Tyler Eifert, they still have plenty of pass catch, catching options. And um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way if, if one of those two teams um, challenges the Ravens down the road for the division uh, Cleveland, I think still, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Cleveland now where I was at the beginning of the season. I think most people are, but um, I, I still don't think they're, they're quite ready to challenge for the division um, or a playoff spot really. Uh, they, they do have a tough schedule as well coming up here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. But to me, Pittsburgh is still uh, the team with the most potential.
2: So I, I dig where you're at. And, uh, you know, I, I think it could go into a bunch of different ways. And I think we could make the argument for a bunch of different teams here. Uh, but the reality is, is this year right now, The Cincinnati Bengals are the team that is the most dangerous to Baltimore. Maybe in further years, maybe in in just next year, we'll be talking more about the Cleveland Browns or maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers will figure figure out some of their issues. Uh, But as of right now, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And and when you look at statistically what they've done, uh, they have the fourth most offensive points per game. Uh, They've got the 12th uh, ranked rushing yards per play. They've got the 10th, 10th ranked passing yards per play uh this is a team that has done very very well offensively as as baltimore uh, knows from earlier in the season and then defensively they're doing just enough in order to really kind of put together um you know a, a solid showing right now in the afc north cincinnati has the biggest point differential per game outside of baltimore uh they're seventh the Pittsburgh Steelers are 11th and the Cleveland Browns are 14th. So all those teams doing fairly well right now, to be honest with you. But uh, given the fact that Baltimore kind of got beat up by Cincinnati earlier in the, in the season uh, and they haven't exactly had the greatest success in recent years against Cincinnati, that's just one of those teams that I don't think they match up very well with and they're doing well on top of it, which makes them doubly dangerous for the Ravens. Uh, and then when you factor in obviously all the numbers that go along with it in terms of the win loss ratio and and uh, for the rest of the season and, and who will probably win this division, right now, Cincinnati has the leg up by winning the first game. So uh, even if Baltimore kind of ties, they're gonna have to they're gonna have a little help uh, that they're gonna need at the very least from the Steelers and the Browns in order to kind of help take down Cincinnati and bring them back down to their level a little bit from the standing standpoint. So, uh, yeah, right now it's Cincinnati, and and that pains me given the fact that I predicted Baltimore was going to spank them earlier in the season. Uh, It sucks to kind of say that they're the team that right now is, is leading this division, and kind of rightfully
3: so. Yeah, all valid points. I mean, you know, Cincinnati definitely... You know, anytime, no matter the team you beat in the NFL, we talked about this, no matter the team you beat, it's, it's, a, it's a win. And your record is, is a lot of times indicative of, of what you are. Um, and for me, I think just what they've who they've played early in the season. I'm still it's it's a little bit of I think I mentioned this um, earlier this week, but it's a little bit of what I'm kind of waiting to see in the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Bengals opened up the season and beat an Indianapolis team that's one and four. Then they beat the Ravens on that short week at home. They lost to Carolina. That would have been a huge victory for them. Uh, Carolina's looking good this season. Uh, the Falcons also 1-4, who they just barely beat in a shootout. And uh, and then the Miami Dolphins, who are 3-2, are and two, they beat them. But if you look at the three wins the Dolphins have, those are against the Titans, Jets, and Raiders. And um, those teams not looking the greatest either. So... I'm still waiting to see a little bit more from uh, Cincinnati and uh, granted they did go on the road and beat Atlanta. And uh, like you said, all those, all those, all those points very valid. And, you know, they've so far, they have looked like the best team in the division, Um, but I'm ready to see these next couple games where they play Pittsburgh on the road against Kansas city. Um, You know, and then later in November, they have uh, new Orleans and and Denver. So um, it'll be, good to see some of those games as well we'll learn a lot about this bengals team uh, when this schedule gets to the midway point
2: yeah that's kind of the interesting part about this afc north is that obviously like we mentioned before they're the only division that does not have a losing record uh but when you look at these teams individually when you look at what they're able to do from a week to week basis they're just all so hot and cold and and you kind of mentioned uh you know the cincinnati bengals and what they've done this season obviously barely squeaking by uh, the Atlanta Falcons, not ideal. Given up 36 points to them, uh, again, not ideal. While they did, did beat Miami, uh, you know, I've never really taken Miami seriously this season. Uh, and, and Carolina has kind of looked a little hot and cold in their own right, So and they got spanked by them by 10 points. So, uh, you know, I, so you, you can make the argument, Cincinnati really hasn't beaten anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and that's largely the case for every team in this division. I mean, you can look at uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cool, they tied with Cleveland, they beat Tampa Bay, and they beat Atlanta. Uh, you know, that's not yep. a crazy record. Cleveland, uh, you know, has, has kind of been um, in, in the same boat. You know, they tied with Pittsburgh, they, they beat the New York Jets, but they lost to the Saints and they lost to the Raiders. Um, and then, obviously, they beat the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, yeah, you know, every team, this this division right now is about as wide open as it can possibly get. With no team settling down yet, and that's where I think Cincinnati is going to have the uh the negative impact is in the fact that let's be honest they're Cincinnati they tend to bengals it up as the season goes on, whereas uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh tend to then settle down too so you know we'll probably review this closer to the halfway mark of the season and we'll we'll probably both have different answers to be honest so. Uh, it'll be an interesting you know next couple of weeks for for all of these teams in this division to kind of separate the 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 way from the everything else the whatever that's saying is um <laughs> the the cream from the chaff the the cream will air whatever um <laughs> it's
3: okay it's it's not as bad as me trying to pronounce people's names or something so don't I'm worry just, about
2: it all I have now in my head is uh uh Macho Man Randy Savage with that little thing a creamer. Uh, the cream <laughs> rises to the top. And it's just in my head right now. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm butchering everything else, but
3: yeah. Now it, I'm, now it's... I'm hungry thinking about, thinking about food or something. I don't know. You know what, man? We should start up a food podcast
2: after this. The think...
3: Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. The Nashville <laughs> talk yesterday. That was my own fault. And I should have, I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> All right, guys. Well,
2: If you're out there, chances are you you probably need some clothes. We're getting into that winter season. Uh, Everyone needs to kind of freshen up that wardrobe a little bit. If you're trying to go ahead and do that, check out Swap.com. And the reason why I'm saying Swap.com is because, well, you know, money's a little tight. Christmas is coming up. The holidays are hitting. Uh, You want to make sure you're you're snazzily dressed. But you probably don't want to go ahead and drop a fortune. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. So with Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands. Things like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J.Crew, and Gap. Quality hand-inspected items are added daily. And if you something doesn't fit or you're not entirely liking it after you get it, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. So we've got a special listener for you guys. Or a special offer for you guys. Get 35% off select items with your first order when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Plus, you'll find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So, just check out Swap.com. Uh, we've mentioned them in the past with being our sponsor. Uh, you know, I've taken a look at them. They've got jerseys up there. They've got kids' clothes for Raven stuff. So, as a Ravens fan, a uh, real, real uh, uh, chance for you to go ahead and get some some more affordable Ravens clothing. For your kids, for yourself, uh, without having to go ahead and drop a ton of cash, which is pretty awesome. And because you're one of our listeners, you're getting that 35% off select items when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. So head over to swap.com and give them a quick uh, perusal.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: All right, folks, we have a special guest with us today. It is Turon Davenport over at ESPN covering the Tennessee Titans. For Ravens fans that have been maybe following this team for a little while, you'll probably remember him following the Baltimore Ravens as a beat reporter uh, and then went over to the NFL Wire sites uh, and covered the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, Turon, how's it going, man? Oh, everything's going well, man. I appreciate you guys uh, for having me on. Excellent, excellent. We appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kind of make this quick for you. We're going to go ahead and ask a, a question each. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let Jacob kind of kick things off with maybe a, a question about uh, the Titans' offense.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the first thing uh, I wanted to kind of talk about was um, the running game is something we've been talking about a lot with the Ravens so far this season. Um, you know, w- What is the main reason, looking at the Titans' uh, running game, what's the main reason Derrick Henry has not been able – uh, to find success yet this season with uh, his 3.4 yards per carry. And, and how do the Titans get him going this week?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's almost like anytime you mention the Ravens, you got to mention running the football. It's just, that's, <laughs> that's DNA, right? Just as much as the purple and black. So when you look at the Titans and their – Inability to run the football. I think a lot of it comes down to, specifically with with Derek uh, Henry, a lot of it comes down to reps, you know, getting those, uh, getting into a rhythm. He's one of those guys. And I've said it before. And to be clear, I'm not saying he's Adrian Peterson like, but he's one of those guys in that mold where you can only really see his effectiveness by giving him a large, large amount of carries. And he's not getting that with the Titans because they have that committee, you know, where they're getting a Deion Lewis, a lot of carries also. In fact, Deion Lewis is playing almost two times as many snaps as Derrick Henry is. So that's really been the issue. But then also when he's in the game, you know, a lot of times they, they run horizontal and they give him that cutback lane. And sometimes he misses it. Sometimes he doesn't. But one of the things that he needs to do more is become a, a more violent runner. He's, he's not that guy that, you would expect from uh, you know a 245 pound running back. You expect him to run a defensive back clear over like roadkill <laughs> uh, on a you <laughs> know on, on 95 or what have you, and that's not happening. So that's where the issue is. He's had chances, but he's just he can't get into that rhythm, and that and that's the the big issue. And it's unfortunate because he is a talented running back, and when you have a guy like that getting those three and four yard carries later in the game in the fourth quarter, those carries become 15 and 20. And in Derrick Henry's case, 75 yarders, you know, 60 yarders, he is capable of breaking that, that long run, but he has to get the opportunity to do. So it's kind of like, you know, the ocean with the, with the sand, it it just keeps uh, the, the current keeps going to the, to the sand and then pushing it back and pushing it back. And that's how his running style is. And then it finally breaks and he breaks a long one.
2: Excellent, excellent. And we'll, we'll kind of s- switch sides to the other side of the football. Uh, obviously, the run game's been important to both these teams and isn't necessarily working. But let's go ahead and switch over to uh, Baltimore's offense when they have the football. John Brown has kind of been the, the main point, the focal point of this offense thus far, even though Baltimore is doing a great job of spreading the ball around to a, a – 12 different targets, Uh, 11 guys have receptions, a bunch of guys have over 100 yards, have uh, a receiving touchdown, but John Brown's kind of been the guy. If you're Tennessee, how are you trying to limit him since he's really capable of not just breaking the big one, but just nickel and diamond you with big uh, 10, 15, 20-yard chunks uh, on the shorter passing stuff too?
0: Yeah, I think this is a week where Dory Jackson should actually travel with John Brown. He has the speed to run step for step with him. But more importantly, he needs to get that jam at the line of scrimmage. So that way you immediately take him out of the, the picture. Because as a quarterback, when you're dropping back, if you see your, your receiver you know running into some chatter at the line of scrimmage, you're going to look to your next read like that. And that's what they have to do. But in addition to that, I think Jarrell Casey... The defensive, uh, well, he's their three-check, so he's, in essence, um, the same as what Timmy Jernigan used to do or what um, you see Brandon Williams doing for them for the Ravens now. You know, he has to collapse that pocket, push it back, and not give Flacco because Flacco has a long, like he has a wind-up, and, you know, he likes to really step to his target. So if you're pushing the pocket back, if he's driving the center back, that's going to limit Flacco from being able to step into his target and get into those throws the way he really can to push the ball down the field. So that's what they have to do. Jarrell Casey, he's very important in pass protection just simply because of his ability to, to collapse the pocket. And additionally, I mean, it's tough because you, you want to double-team Brown. Like, you want to have the bracket coverage, but... You mentioned Crabtree and, and how good he is. And then Willie Snead. These are both guys that could work that middle of the field to perfection. And then in addition to that, you mix in the tight ends. I mean, Hayden Hurst is a very capable pass catcher. Mark Andrews, I thought, was one of the best tight ends in the draft. And these guys are both on, on the Ravens. And they got Max Williams, you know, who can occasionally step up. And Nick Boyle as an H-back and kind of catching the ball out of the backfield. So there's a lot of options. So... Really, with this Ravens team, you have to defend every blade of grass, so it makes it difficult to focus on one thing, but it's one of those things where, okay, you want to limit the big plays, so I think that's what this team will focus on stopping, and I think they'll sell out some of these shorter passes in, in exchange for keeping those those 20-plus 20, 20 yard uh, gains by John Brown.
2: Excellent, excellent. That That's that's kind of been the issue for a lot of defenses over the course of this year is uh, either you're trying to double, double Brown uh, and you get burned by the other guys or you leave them in single coverage. And if you don't have a guy that's able to either get hands on him or keep up with him deep, Brown's able to go ahead and get some distance on a guy and get enough separation. And as we've known over the years and, and, and yourself uh, having covered the Baltimore Ravens, Joe Flacco is, is no scaredy cat when it comes to tossing a 70-yard pass uh, down the field regardless of, of how anything else looks. So. Uh, that's going to be a huge matchup on this one. Again, we have Turon Davenport here. You can follow him at Davenport underscore NFL. You can also go ahead and catch him over at ESPN covering the Tennessee Titans. So, thank you so much, T- uh, Turan. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, it was great having you on. And, uh, uh, you know, it will it, be a good matchup uh, that, that hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about again come the postseason if these two teams end up facing off against each other there.
0: Hey, I mean, if that's the case, that means we get a little bit of extra time to work, some extra time to cover football. So I'm all for it.
2: (laughs) Excellent, man. Thank you. Thanks, man.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now, which is a pretty big thing considering the fact we just had ESPN's Teron Davenport on. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite podcasts. Now, our demographic is 98% males. They're more educated and they're earning more than traditional media audiences. From a sales perspective, you're not getting much better than that. Have your company sponsor this podcast. You can go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens or you can catch myself, MatthewS_NFL underscore NFL or Jacob at Trox3TROX3. Hit us up and we can go ahead and and get together and figure out something to go ahead and do in order to get our listeners to your business. Now let's go ahead and talk a little about the over unders. Let's get back to football a little bit more uh, and, and to some of the fun stuff with this matchup. Jacob with the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans in week six, what are some of the kind of over unders that you're thinking in, in your head or what are some, some baselines that we can maybe go ahead and talk about some over unders and, and maybe predict where some of these players are going to end up in this game.
3: So for starters, the, for the whole matchup, the over under Vegas has here I'm seeing is 41. So on the lower end, not a whole lot of points expected here. And I think uh, part of that being the, the rushing uh, struggles on both sides, not only uh, Derek Henry, but um, the Ravens, uh, with Alex Collins and, and, and their running game, not as, uh, not as used and not as successful as we've typically seen the Ravens run in the past. So perhaps that part of it, also the Ravens uh, struggling to find the end zone all of a sudden struggling in the red zone. So uh, 41 total, are you leaning over or under for that one?
2: I'm going to say over in this one. And my reasoning for this is three out of five games so far for Baltimore at the very least, have been over uh, or, or matching 41 points total points. Uh, granted, both these teams are better defensively, or at least they are on the stat sheet, on paper. Uh, but when you look at this game, and in talking to to Tehran and our Wednesday crossover episode, you know this is a game that looks everything like what the early games for Baltimore were, in which they should be able to get their passing attack kind of going in this one. And while I don't necessarily Predict it to be super close. Uh, it, it's it's got the feel like Baltimore could go ahead and hang thirty points on this team, uh, and then Tennessee will kind of make up that difference. So, I, I'm I'm gonna go over on this one. If, if I'm putting down a few bucks, uh, I, I'm gonna say over forty one points.
3: Yeah, I think with both the running game struggling, uh, I think we might see some more plays, just a lot of a lot of passing as the game goes on, which to me is gonna possibly mean more points. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, with that total of 41 and the Ravens favored by three, um, you know, Vegas is is not expecting either one of these teams to get too far north of of 20 points. And I think 20 points is very doable. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if necessarily last week was a true indication of what Baltimore is capable of. Some weird drops from Crabtree that would have resulted in at least 20 points for them, uh, probably if he reels in all those catches. So. um and and that's a good Cleveland defense. They're very good. They've improved that defense over the years, and um, it, it came down to execution. And Baltimore just didn't execute, uh, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, I could see that over under hitting as well. Uh, another guy we talked about, uh, Hayden Hurst, last week. His debut, only two targets. He only had one target in in the entire uh, regulation, those first four quarters, not including overtime, and and one catch for seven yards. I'm going to put the over-under on receptions for Hayden Hurst at three and a half. Where do you see Hayden Hurst finishing this week in that Ravens tight end group?
2: Oh, man, you're messing me up with that three and a half. Um, I'm going to go under. Uh, And my main reasoning for that is because this is still an offense that likes to spread the ball around. Uh, Like we've mentioned kind of a bunch of times so far this season, this is a team that has regularly Hit eleven guys in a game. Uh, I believe they did it last week against the against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know they they did it against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is a team that that likes to go ahead and do that. And when you look at those games, I mean last week against Cleveland, uh, arguably I mean fifty six passing attempts from Joe Flacco. The only guys that got more uh, than three and a half. So the only guys that got four or more receptions. Or Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed, and Javorius Allen. So uh, the tight ends, with there being now four of them that can kind of get incorporated into this offense and with uh, Hurst being kind of still warming up into that role uh, as he kind of comes back from that injury, yeah, I I think lower than that. Um, I think he's a guy, if if you're looking at fantasy, which, by the way, I own Hayden Hurst in my fantasy league, that's a guy to kind of stash maybe for later, let him warm up, let him knock off the rust and get back to normal. Uh, and I, I think then it would be an over, but not in this one.
3: Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's man, it's going to be close. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if, um, you know, a lot of things have surprised me about this NFL season so far, uh, especially the fact that the Ravens throw the ball like 60 times last week and Hayden hurts is only targeted twice. But um, yeah, I wonder if, part of the Ravens think, uh, you know, maybe game plan to, to get Hurst involved early because he wasn't really involved last week. I think uh, over the course of a game, you see, um, and this can happen with anything on offense where over the course of a game, you, you kind of get caught up in the moment sometimes. And after you go through your initial uh, plans, sometimes you can kind of uh, get caught up in the moment and, and things kind of, um, you know, Guys, Other guys get targeted. Um, you maybe divert a little bit. You make some adjustments. Um, so uh, I think maybe that happened a little bit last week with Hurst where uh, the Ravens were just trying to, to find any success at all instead of really trying to get a specific guy involved. Um, so you know, I think maybe Hurst is a guy the game plan in. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say he gets four receptions, Ooh. maybe somewhere around you know the four reception, 30-yard, 40-yard mark, something like that. Um, because again, you know, Hurst is a guy we saw in the preseason look good. And, um, I, again, I just think, and you know, I keep saying this about certain guys on this offense, but I just think the talent is there. What I've seen this guy do on the football field, I'm a believer in his talent. So, um, I think, uh, anytime I see a guy that I believe has talent, like, uh, Hayden Hurst does, I think he's a guy the Ravens need to put in their game plan and make sure that he's a focal point in the offense. So I'm gonna take the over on that one.
2: I got one for you, Jacob. Alex Ooh, Collins okay. oh, over under
3: 15 carries. <laughs> oh, under, under. <laughs> um, I was gonna see now. I had a I had a Alex Collins uh, over under for yardage that I was I was painfully uh, battling over uh, with uh, 53 and a half, but. Uh, I, yeah for the for the rushing attempts i'm going to take the under i think even if baltimore is ahead by like three scores or something like that um you know we're going to see a lot of buck allen you know maybe lined up as a fullback or something i yeah i don't know i, I just think they're going to spread that out a lot and uh and, you know if they get a lead and they're just kind of running the ball i wouldn't be surprised if we see some different lamar jackson sets because again that's that's something they keep throwing out there so they're they're clearly trying to it feels like they're trying to get him more involved than they are Collins.
2: Yeah, you know, in, in talking in our second segment to, to Tehran, it was kind of funny. He was talking about uh, the the rhythm for Derrick Henry and the fact that he doesn't have yeah. enough snaps uh, or, or enough um, enough carries. Derrick Henry has more carries than Alex Collins. Uh, and yet so far, the, the, the talk here in Baltimore is, ah, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, in my head the entire time I'm going like, see, finally, someone else gets it. Um, yeah, yeah the, the 15 carries, man, that, that is so hard. He's only topped that once so far the season. And that was that win in Denver. And that's, you know, his highest total was 18 for the season, 68 yards on that one and a rushing touchdown. Um, that seems to be like his biggest usage for the entire season thus far. I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling you on that one. I think under is, is the key on that one. Um you know, it, it wouldn't shock me though. Baltimore has been kinda known for, for saying one thing and then doing a complete different one. Um and trying to get a little too cute with it versus just doing their jobs. But yeah, I if I'm betting money, it's gonna be under fifteen
3: carries. I'm gonna take the under on both the uh fifteen carries and the fifty three and a half yards. Um now watch, uh. of course, as soon as I say that he'll probably explode for like some 50 yard run and you know they'll just feed him 20 carries or something but hey i just don't you know with hardball saying it's going to be a shared workload i i i can't trust uh collins numbers until he gets that full workload again those 18 19 20 carries or something um the last one i have here michael crabtree over under one and a half drops
2: (laughs) Uh, as soon as you said his name i knew where you were going with it uh, I'm yep. going to say under. I'm going to say that he finally gets it kind of under control for at least this game. You know, he he did have one game earlier in the season, which he had no drops. That has not been the norm, obviously, uh, as he has eight drops right now on the season through five games. But um, I, I think with as much flack as he's getting, I think with uh, the the team kind of rallying around him a little bit more, uh, you can't ask for a better situation in terms of getting your your mojo back in terms of getting your confidence back um and he's a veteran you know i i just I can't picture with how defeated he sounded after that game with those three drops i cannot picture him not doing a significantly better job in the very next game so i'm gonna say under uh, under one and a half I'll, I'll say he has zero actually I'll, I'll go four uh far for it
3: yeah, I'll I'll take the under as well. I think maybe he'll have one drop, but um I think he he does have a bounce back week and uh I don't know if that one drop will be in a particularly large situation. Maybe it's towards the end of the game or something. Um but yeah, no, I, I mean I think the whole offense is, is just kind of poised for a bounce back. Um John Brown, you know, maybe uh bouncing back from from his last week. Uh, where he managed four catches for 58 yards. Decent number, but that was uh, uh in terms of what we've seen from him, a low because uh you know uh, he had three catches for 44 yards at week 1, but he had a touchdown and then he sat in the second half. So, he's uh a, he's passed 90 yards or excuse me, 85 yards in every other game except for last week. So, um you know, it'll be interesting to see which guys that Flacco goes to. I mean, that's just kind of something we were looking forward to at the start of the season. And now here we are again, Ravens in need of a huge AFC win. And uh, some of these receivers are going to have to play a large role in that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, guys, Well, we're going to go ahead and tune this one out. Make sure you go ahead and follow us on Twitter at locked on Ravens. You can follow Jacob at trucks three trox three. You can follow myself on Twitter at MatthewS_NFL, underscore uh, NFL. And then we'll be back on Friday. So go ahead and cover these matchups maybe a little bit more in depth and kind of give our our final predictions for this one. So make sure you tune in to the next episode as well, especially if you're just now joining us for the first time. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the new episodes. But uh, yeah, thank you guys very, very much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. And we'll also be uh, – uh, Jacob doesn't even know this one yet because I haven't told him. But uh, we'll be going ahead and throwing out a contest tomorrow for a pretty awesome prize, if I do say myself, so myself, including the ability to meet several of the Baltimore Ravens uh, in a pretty cool event. So we'll go ahead and toss out that contest for you tomorrow. So make sure you definitely tune in to Friday's podcast in order to get the uh, full breakdown on how to go ahead and win – those tickets alright guys thank you guys very very much and again follow us uh, on iTunes on Google Podcasts and on wherever really you get your your uh, a podcast at Spotify as well
1: hey Prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music download the Amazon Music app today is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements